Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, good friends. Good to see you. And thanks for joining us for another edition of the Bill Press Pod. This week, again, coming to you all the way from the American Academy in Rome. You know, I love Italy. Frankly, I love traveling anywhere. And I don't know about you, but anywhere I go, in addition to taking in all the usual tourist attractions, I always wonder, what do residents of this country think about us Americans? Uh, And by the way, what do they think about their own country? Well, a couple of days ago, I had a chance to sit down for that very discussion for our podcast with one of Italy's best-known journalists. In Italy, Maria Latella is a superstar. She's like Andrea Mitchell or Diane Sawyer. Maria is an author, columnist, radio talk show host, interviewer, and TV anchor. She's used to giving her own opinions, and believe me, she doesn't hold back. And like me, you might be surprised at what Maria Latella has to say about problems facing Italy and worries that Italians have about politics in the United States. Maria Latella, welcome to the Bill Press Pod. You know Italy as well as anybody, I think. So um, we Americans are curious, what shape is Italy in today? Would you say is Italy strong? Is Italy good shape, uh, comparatively speaking? We have a bright side and dark side. We start with the dark side. The dark side is young unemployment. Mm. This is a problem for us. We have lost 100,000 and 100,000 young people in the last 20 years. People educated, uh, people with a degree. And they moved from Italy, went to Germany, went to United States, went to Great Britain, a lot of them, because of the salaries and the opportunity of works that were very few for them, especially if educated uh, in this country. And this is still a big problem. And another problem, in my opinion, being a journalist who has a weekly program at the radio on gender parity, another big problem, in my opinion, is that we don't have enough women employed. Hmm. Especially in the south of Italy, a large majority of women don't work. And that means that we educate young women They go to high school, they take a degree, and then they stay home. So the taxpayers pay for something that not happen. And the problem uh, is a serious one, because if we could have a bigger uh, women employment, even uh, the productivity of the country and the growth of the country could be much better. Mm -hmm. The third element of the dark side... In my opinion, is that we are not able to match the need employees with the coming of migrants. Uh, Italy has a huge problem of demography, 
because in the last year, listen, Bill, in the last year, we had only less than 400,000 newborns. So the number of deaf people was bigger than the the number of newborns. If we continue like this, your (laughs) fellow citizen, Elon Musk, will have all the reason to say that Italy will disappear because we are not having newborns. So I think that in the last 30 years, we had several problems and didn't find solution. We didn't get a match on migration because migrants are coming and they arrive to Italy, but we don't find a way to educate them and let them include in the society. Second, we didn't encourage young Italians, women and men to stay in their country and mm-hmm. offer them well-paid jobs. So they moved to Germany, to UK. Third, we didn't use the strength and uh, the energy, the vitality of Italian women. And this is too bad because Italian women can give to their country a lot. There are other long uh, troubles like uh, uh, the major uh, presence of a criminal uh, uh, entity like Drangheta or uh, Mafia, but this is a uh, you know, an old, old, old problem. These three instead are problems that came up in the last 30 years and we need absolutely to find a solution. On the bright side... That's the dark (laughs) side. (laughs) Is there a bright side? Is there a bright side? Yes. Uh, For instance, it's uh, a news of uh, these uh, days. We were supposed to have uh, a small increase of our what we ca- call uh, Prodotto Interno Lordo, that it's uh, the growth uh, numbers. Mm-hmm. But instead, we are doing better, better than uh, the previous. Oh, this is a, a good, a very good news, and we are uh, uh, surprised, but also happy for this. And uh, the second brilliant bright side uh, in this moment uh, is that at the moment, we're not going to have new elections. That is new for Italy. So we can count on a certain stability. And I think that for Italy and for Europe, having stability, political stability, is a chance. And you have, um, we Americans, uh to the extent that we follow foreign policy at all, <laughs> uh, we know that Italy has a relatively new premier prime minister, six months, a woman, Georgia Maloney. It was thought in the United States that she would be the, there was feared in the United States that she might be the next Mussolini, that she was right wing <laughs> and would uh, take, a, t- take Italy from the path of democracy down the path of right wing you know, authoritarianism. Is that true? And how is she doing? Well, I can say that uh, the comparison with Mussolini is totally wrong. <laughs> no, she grew up as a, a, a right-wing politician. She was uh, uh, in politics since she was 15 years old. But uh, for for what I can understand, being a political reporter for the last 30 years of my life, her goals are not at all connected with uh, fascism, 
but with a, a conservatorism. Uh, nowadays, uh, Giorgia Meloni is the leader of conservative party, the European side where sits also the Tories, the UK party. We can't consider the Fratelli d'Italia a party who is nostalgic of uh, the ancient history of uh, Mussolini. Maybe, maybe there are some among uh, the follower of this party who still think of Mussolini, but Giorgia Meloni is a, a woman in her 40s. So it's a young woman down to earth, and I think that uh, she perfectly understands that uh, it's not time for nostalgies. So the goal is uh, if she will be able to do something good for the country, and we can uh, observe and judge Uh, for the following uh, years. I can uh, use the words Hillary Clinton used when I interviewed Hillary Clinton last September. I asked her what she was thinking of Giorgia Meloni, who was running for prime minister. And she said, first, it's the first time for a woman in Italy, and I think that for Italy it's time to have a woman mm -hmm. prime minister. And second, we'll judge her by facts. And I think that it's the same uh, uh, quote I can give you. So last year, Giorgio Maloney gave a speech in June. Um, I think it was in Spain. Yes. Where she said, yes to the natural family, no to the LGBTQ lobby, she called it. So... For Italy, that's a setback in gay rights. I think that, uh, in a way, she regretted the tone of her, her voice in that speech. It was too passionate. And she said that uh, sometimes uh, she fall for passion. But it's true that Giorgia Meloni's vision of family is not the same vision that her opponent, Ellie Schlein, another woman, first woman secretary of the Democratic Party in Italy, well, they have different opinions. By, by the way, Giorgia Meloni is a woman on the right side of the politics, and Ellie Schlein is on the left side of the politics. Let's have a difference in politics. I think, looking at the polls, that Italians are perfectly fine on having a gay marriage. According with the polls, there are different positions instead for surrogate mothers. It's an issue very important. It's something that concerns not only ethics, but also emotions of people. And uh, I think that while it's important to talk, I don't think uh, we can do this uh, as a, a fight of civilization because people can't have different opinions. But my opinion is not right that we fight one against others. Has she taken action against the gay community? Uh, no, but she said she can... Uh, Uh, I guess eh? she can share the opinion of Minister of Family, who said she she's against the surrogate mothers. How about the issue of abortion? 
She said that abortion will be never cancelled. So it's and, legal now and will remain yes, legal. Yes, and remain legal. And uh, let me tell you that uh, we had a referendum on abortion several years ago, many years ago, and the Italians were adamant on keeping the, uh, the, the, the right of women to decide of their own maternity. So I don't think we can go back. But I always say to young women, when I talk at the, in the schools to students, be very uh, aware because uh, our rights, the rights we got from the women older than we are must be always defended year by years, because we, we always can lose it, as you perfectly know, in America. Oh, yes, yes, as we just experienced in America. Uh, also, on the issue of Ukraine, uh, with the war in Ukraine, the United States has been leading the effort to pull uh, the European nations together, and there is a worry that uh, Georgia Maloney could pull Italy out uh, from backing Ukraine. Is she 100%? Is she... Does she against Putin and for Ukraine? I think in this moment, Giorgia Meloni is probably the European leader who support with adamant conviction Zelensky. Mm -hmm. I think that she's probably uh, the leader who showed with no dark side how important it is for her to be close to the United States in this position. We know that other countries in Europe were less confident, less convinced. And we know that in Italy, there are many influencer uh, group uh, and uh, even uh, party who are not so sure that we, we have to stand by the United mm -hmm. States in this war. But uh, for what I understand, for what I read, for what I know, Giorgio Meloni is uh, totally on the same side of the United States. I repeat, mm -hmm. it's probably one of the leaders who is much closer to the United States in this moment. And finally, in terms of Italy, um, since I've been here the last two weeks, Italy declared a state of emergency to deal with the problem of um, migration, particularly from North Africa. Yeah coming into the southern coast of Italy, Sicily, Lampedusa. How serious a problem is this for Italy? And are other European nations helping Italy? And do these migrants, is it a problem? Do they stay in Italy or they are just passing through? See if you can put this in perspective for us. My good friend, the German ambassador, always underlined that uh, uh, Germany was hosting an enormous number of migrants. And so when the Italian government, not only this government, but also the previous, remember how many migrants we receive every day from the coast of North Africa, well, the German ambassador remember. Yes, listen, but we had one million more from Syria mm. refugees. That is true. But the problem is that we have a country that is surrounded by sea. So we can't consider our borders only Italian borders. They are European borders. 
So Europe must do something effective because, yes, many migrants come and then try to join Germany or France. Yes, that's true. But we are the country where they come first. And this is an enormous problem. In addition to this, unfortunately, many migrants, in the time they, they arrive and they try to join other countries, they have relatives. In that period, many of them are recruited by criminals. Mm. You can imagine how many young boys, especially boys, are recruited and they become drug dealers. Mm. Yes, because nobody can check them. So the problem is it's not only an Italian problem, it's an European problem. And let me say in in a way it's a global global problem. And Italy can't be left alone in solving a problem that nobody no one could solve without the help of the others. So enough about Italy for the moment. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, talk about Italy and the United States, mm. if we can, uh, here on the Bill Press Spot, a quick break, and we'll be right back. And today's podcast brought to you by the Laborers International Union of North America, or LIUNA, L-I-U-N-A. Good members of LIUNA, over half a million strong they're the backbone of the labor industry, labor unions in this country, uh, doing construction work, uh, building new schools, roads and highways, water and sewer system treatment plants, uh, in the energy field, building solar panels and wind turbines and old-fashioned pipelines, and in the public sector, some 70,000 members of the labor's union, supporting working families, providing good jobs and good benefits for working families in America. We salute the members of LIUNA and their president, President Terry O'Sullivan. Thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back with today's podcast, a very special podcast from Rome, Italy, and speaking with Maria Latella, who is one of the leading journalists uh, in Italy. Uh, she is a columnist. She is a radio talk show host. She is a TV host. Uh, and she joins us today on the Bill Press Pod. So, Maria, at one time, well, let me say, Donald Trump says that when he was president, everybody respected the United States, everybody looked up to the United States, but now with Joe Biden, 
nobody likes the United States anymore. What's the truth? Do, <laughs> okay. do, do Europeans, do Italians still look to the United States as a leader, as a friend? Well, it depends by generation, of course. Huh? Yeah. My generation uh, grew up having uh, a very close link, relation with uh, America. We grew it up listening uh, the American music, looking at the American movies, uh, having the same dream from Kennedy's when I was a very little kid to the, the, the other leaders. Uh, what has changed now? Uh, um, Europeans, not only Italians, Europeans fear that America is looking more to the southeast of Asia and less to Europe. Hmm. So we fear to be left alone. And and I think that instead, Europe and the United States together must work on the same side because we have so many things in common, let's say much more than you, Europe has with China. Hmm. We have the same culture. <laughs> You American come from Europe originally, then many of them come from Africa, many other come from South America, but originally the spirit was the, the, the spirit of a Mayflower. Uh, so I think that uh, it's a common interest to keep together our uh, good relation and uh, leave them to grow up without suspicion. Recently, President Macron, the French president, went to China and uh, in an in interview, going back to France by plane, said that uh, Europe uh, must have uh, a sort of balance between the United States and China. I think that this is hard to understand because traditionally the link between the two continents, United States and Europe, much stronger than with other partners. So I think that we have to keep going in the same direction because it's a reciprocal interest to be so like this. Do Italians know who Joe Biden is and what do they think about Joe Biden? Okay, let me honest. To of course. Please be honest. As journalists, we must be honest. <laughs> of course, uh, Bill Clinton was charming and uh, everyone was knowing him, even because there was Hillary at that time. And as uh, Bill Clinton said, vote one, get two. So there was a couple. <laughs> huh? And again, again, Barack Obama was extremely popular. But, you know, no, some, some American was thinking that Barack Obama was much popular in Europe than in the, in the United States. So we are talking about charismatic presidents. Uh, the same was Reagan. Ronald Reagan was very popular in Europe as well. And uh, Donald Trump, even not it's popular in the sense that people like him everywhere, but it's well known. He was uh, very yeah. popular even uh, because he was uh, uh, in television with The Apprentice for a lot of time. So Joe Biden is known as president of the United States, every, everyone knows. But probably he's the, that kind of politician who probably works more than he speaks. And the media are so interested in going 
to the character, going uh, to, to the, the face, going to the speech, and not to the solid consistency of a person, that probably we are less interested in John Biden in Europe than we were when we had uh, Ronald Reagan or uh, Barack Obama or Donald Trump. And know less about him than you know about the others, knew about the others. We probably less uh, know less because, uh, uh, you know, because Joe Biden uh, is not having that kind of uh, problems that Bill Clinton or Donald Trump had, for instance. <laughs> so I want to ask you more about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, as you say, very well known around, around the world, very controversial. Are Italians aware of his things he says and controversies he's stirred up in the United States? And do they still like Donald Trump or did they think now Donald Trump may be, you know, in too much trouble? Or I think that uh, in the uh, eyes and mind of Italians, it was very clear that the attack at Capitol Hill mm -hmm. was a risk for a, a democracy like the United States. Then I don't know if uh, the every man in Italy uh, is interested in the trial uh, Donald Trump is having in New York nowadays. No, this is too much to ask to an Italian. Yeah, Italians are following the the foreign policy uh, superficially. No, then you have a small part of Italians that are very interested in in foreign uh, policy and whatever. It's uh, happening in, in the United States. But to be honest, I think Italians are much more impressed by what uh, happened two days ago in Kentucky or what happened 15 days ago in another town where people uh, die for nothing because just uh, a person has uh, the liberty to take uh, a gun and kill people. This is something that affected the public opinion in Italy a lot. What is the situation about guns and ownership of guns uh, in Italy? Ha has there been a problem like we have with, I'm sure nothing close as bad as we have, but is this a serious problem in Italy or or are the gun laws here so tight, you know, that no. it just doesn't happen as much? No, 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 no. To be honest, we don't have the problem in the proportion you, you have in the United States. But we start to have a few dangerous signals. Like, for instance, a few months ago, a man who was allowed to, to, to own a gun and he attended a meeting of neighbors and started to kill them because he was convinced that those people were against him in the neighborhood. So uh, we start to have some dangerous signal, but hopefully our law is much more strict. You can't buy a gun easily. Huh? I want to ask you, as uh, you have a daughter living in the United States, you love going to the United States. What what are your favorite parts of the United States? Huh. Well, for many, many years, it was New York, as every European. Then I discovered Chicago, where I had the pleasure to stay for three months uh, teaching uh, 
as a, uh, in a seminar at the, the Institute of Politics of Chicago University. With David Axelrod. Yes, with David Good Axelrod. Friend. It was a, one of the best moments in my recent uh, experiences. So Chicago, I, I love I love Chicago, and of course, I love California, where my daughter lives. Yeah. So let's flip that. As uh, a proud Italian uh, and a proud uh, journalist here, uh, what is your advice to Americans about coming to Italy? Uh, what's what? What is the the must see that they should put on their list? Of course, everyone wants to visit Rome, Venice, Florence. But if I can suggest, if you have a little bit of time, go to some different town. For instance, go to Verona, that is close to Venice. It's smaller, but has a wonderful ancient theater. And, well, it's very well known because it's the town where Shakespeare Romeo, Romeo wrote, and Juliet. Uh, Romeo yep. and Juliet, yes. Or, or uh, if you come to Rome, spend a little bit uh, of time. Take a train; it's just one hour by train, and go to Naples. It is fantastic. Uh, so, uh, Italy is full of surprise, and it's not only ancient. Uh, and fantastic culture and good food is also a country where uh, we still look at the one another with uh, sympathy. We are an empathic uh, people still, still. So enjoy to, to come and visit uh, our country. Well, I echo that and <laughs> second that. Uh, and Riavatella. Very, very busy schedule. You do a lot, but it was very kind of you to take time to join us today on the Bill Press Spot. Uh, was a real pleasure. Grazie mille. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> and that's it for today's podcast from Rome again with Maria Latella, journalist extraordinaire, um, author, columnist, radio talk show host, interviewer, TV anchor. Thanks to Maria Latella for giving us her time. Thanks to all of you for giving us your time and for joining us on the podcast. And this week, Congress is back in session after that long Easter and Passover break. Lots on the on the uh, agenda in the House and in the Senate. It's going to be a blockbuster week, but we'll take a look at it, wrap it all up in our Reporters Roundtable on Friday. So have a good week, friends. Come back and see us Friday for the Reporters' Roundtable and the next edition of the Bill Press Pod. <laughs>